Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 132 of Shades of Brown. Uh, we took a little bit of a, a, a like, I guess, a, a little bit of a break. So there was no episode last week. I mean, we, we took we took a we took a week off mostly because of the fact that talking about computers when uh, the world's a little bit on fire doesn't actually matter. Um, didn't feel right. Didn't didn't matter more. So I think I wanted to come to. I think me and actually me and you both wanted to come to the podcast with some more resources to actually share rather than than just raw outrage. Because while raw outrage is perfectly valid and the emotions of anger and and all of that are the right approach to have, more so when it comes to having an actual podcast, I would still want this show to be informative and have things to share. So you're going to look at the show notes. You're going to see a whole bunch of links. And we're not obviously not going to be talking about each individual one, but mostly I'm putting it in here because I've been going through Twitter, going through itch, going through different places throughout the week to try and have a good set of people to promote, people to put on. Because if you look through it, we'll have a list of black artists. We'll have a list of black game developers. We'll have a whole bunch there. You know, outright, what's been going on is fucked. And fuck 12. Uh, just up and say it. Um, everyone who is out there protesting, I'm with you. Specifically people in my in the city of Orlando. I've been seeing what y'all been doing. I've been checking the Twitter, the SA on Twitter. And y'all been doing good work. Even if the cops have been barricading you in past curfew to try and arrest you and beat you. Uh, we're all with you there. And I think this show specifically, like we and you are not black. We are of color. Obviously, the name is Shades of Brown. It's been it's been that since day one. Right. Correct. Yes. That's I, I think anybody I think anybody who listens to us sh- should know that at this point. But I think it's worth saying uh, as well. Right. But with uh, the entire show name, though, right, is like a play is a play on on not being white. And 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 with with that, it's I think just looking at the amount of protest and the amount of problematic shit that's been happening in the past week. It's also been too, as we're going to talk later, just a general abject failure of sort of the places we live in. Because I remember like what me and you were like fucking kids on IRC. People used to always be talking about how like, oh, yeah, all you need is like a fake pad encrypted that, you know, encrypted running ZFS and you could like change the world and shit. It's like, no, nah, actually, no. Nah. What, what are people doing out here? They got they got out of date Android phones. Turns <laughs> <laughs> yes, the world, the revolution will not not be end to end encrypted all the time. Uh but I mean, it's, 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 I, it is a failure of our tech. I mean, the thing is, it's, I mean, it's, when I say failure for tech, I mean that tech is not the end all be all solution to these problems. Obviously, I think that's the, that's the main message is that you have to understand that these problems are not just tech. They're, they cover whole spectrum of issues right like these these are just multifaceted uh issues that are not going to be solved by a single or even multiple technology solutions uh technology can certainly be of assistance and i think technology can be used for good and should be used like end-to-end encryption should be used uh where possible where it should be deployed to the most marginalized groups among us to provide like the, the this power of end encryption is not that it can solve racial inequality and fix all of America's problems, but that can provide this like base framework from where you can, you know, start do the communications part of it. Right. Like it's, it's not, it's not an end all be all. I think that's the, and, and I think more so that when it comes to our own community of people who 
like open source and believe in, in free culture and all that. There's a this people are might get mad at me for this one, but fuck it, I don't care. There's a very strong intersection between blockchain enthusiasts, VC Twitter, and the Fediverse on they all have the shared idea of the toy I like to play with will help change the world because I can tweak this toy better than I can deal with other humans, right? People think of it, and, and that's obviously incendiary, and I, I enjoy saying incendiary things, right? But but it's more of like it's it's that the people say they think, right? Oh, we can help the unbanked become banks by using a digital currency, whereas no, it's actually you know regulating banks and reducing the amount of fees that are on rush cards and other predatory debit cards that people with bad credit can only get. Whereas also when it comes to the Fediverse, we're saying, oh, this open software can help people because it's distributed, blah blah blah, and it's like, well, actually. Um, People in the hood have Android phones. They don't have laptops. Yeah, so 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 you have to solve that, right? So you have to be like you have to meet I think the thing is you have to meet people where they are, right? Like especially with marginalized people, I feel like it's it's like you say they have a, they have cheap Android phones. Okay, so so what what sort of tech can we deploy? on cheap Android phones to help people. Like, that's the thing you should be looking at, right? Like, what sort of chat app, like, how should I make my chat app be extremely optimized, be be fast, be, be you know, be good on these specific, de- these kind of devices that are not high-end uh, and de- that don't have a lot of resources uh, and even might have spotty connectivity. Like, all this kind of limitations are what you need to be about when you make tech yeah and you know how like wire right like i would i can never recommend wire to anyone out organizing right now because wire breaks on a bad connection wire might have good crypto wire might be questionably a good tool for that but guess what throw wire on a shit 4g connection even one that's dropping down to 3g you're not sending messages Wire just fails on spotty connections, and that yeah, uh, which is why, which is why I've, I think Signal actually does better on this front. Is Signal actually performs? I've, I've heard uh, that it performs better on these, on these, like on those sort of conditions, like on sort of network conditions, uh, especially at protests where the network uh, cell towers will be congested, right? Because like it is just how these things work. Because there's going to be so many people uh, in a single area. Uh, that are going to be using these cell towers at the same time, right? And so there's going to be major network congestion. Uh, and so you have to be, like, your tech has to be able to deal with that. Like, your tech has to be able to be able to, like, fall back, use, use like, be able to deliver messages even in their, under these sort of, that sort of conditions, right? So you have to design for, like, you have to design with the most minimal resource usage possible and with the most minimal like cost possible right and that's why that people are leaning more towards google and facebook for this because as a side effect of these companies wanting to be monopolies right that means that they have to push into africa and they have to push into india where connectivity isn't as great as say you know san francisco is and that means as a side effect of them building out their data centers, be able to scale to, or their network infrastructure, be able to scale right to someone on even on a 2G connection to so be able to send messages reliably, or hell, even use Instagram and upload a photo on that trash of an internet connection. That also means that, hey, during a protest, putting information out on Instagram and Facebook and Google Docs or whatever is far better than trying to use CryptPad lo- hosted on your friend's server at his house. So... 
So I think the thing and another thing I, I mentioned this to you yesterday is that it is also about like getting people in like on the onboarding process, right? I think that's the key is that the onboarding process for these like Google, Facebook, uh, services is, is very, very fast, right? You can, people might all, people probably already have a Facebook account, right? People already have a Google account that they can use, right? So it is extremely like really like when you, when you, when you're in these sort of dynamic, fast changing conditions like a protest or organizing a protest or organizing any sort of uh so group action is that you you want to get people in to your group specifically very fast and you don't want to be that to be reliant on people have to deal with multiple account signups and like that kind of like so it's like i think the failure uh, one of the failures of i guess the past decade of uh, open source, not open source, but sort of like open acts and open systems is that we have failed to create, uh, we have failed to sort of fail the onboarding process part of things, right? We have, we have created these applications, but the onboarding process is nowhere as, as simple or as easy to get to as, as the, as the, as Facebook and Google. And also the, I, I hear the argument that, of course, Facebook and Google are good at onboarding because they have billions of dollars and they have, they have UX engineers. They have, they have all the money in the world to throw at necessarily buying their way through to uh, becoming monopolies or uh, getting, the, getting that sort of market share. And that's true. Uh, but sometimes I, I know that's an argument that has been brought up in response to your, but I think there's a counter to it where, um, actually, I think some, in in the mid 2000s this was seen as accessible it no longer is because we've moved on but remember irc had a javascript client you could use and you just put in a nick and you're connected to the server and you're in the chat right like that uh, the web client whatever it's called right so i i I, f- I fight against the narrative that because we are a smaller project we cannot devote we cannot make this as easy to sign up for as say a bigger company there are truths to that but it's also that's changing your priorities because this is this is the timeline i've seen in my own my own time once again me and static have been in this for a decade we understand how open source works we have seen how these projects span out and it always starts from what is this cool new protocol i can implement right the joke was what if podcast but activity pub what if x but y right that whole and it misses the point of what an end user experience is like sure I can make a blogging engine with with ActivityPub in it, but guess what? WordPress is still a better option at the end of the day. Because while you might think, oh, wow, it doesn't support X technology, that means it's not good. Guess what? WordPress has one of the easiest onboarding flows of any web open source web project out there. I, I so yeah, so that, that's that's a good example. Actually, you brought up uh, uh, the WordPress stat has logged on. Uh, so like yeah, so WordPress is actually a very good example of a, of an open source project that has optimized for onboarding and installation, like easiness. Like it's literally it it's uh, it's called the famous like five minute install because it literally takes you put the like you have your web host right, you have a standard web host that you buy like, and then you just upload the uh, upload the WordPress files right, and then it's like okay, so you have to. You have to do this, do this, and do. This. You have to create the database. And you have to give them the credentials, and you're done. Like you th- and you're done with the WordPress install, like that. And or like you don't even have to do that. Like most web hosts, 
they have automatic installs for WordPress. Like you don't even like the two, the tooling has already been there designed for it, right? Like the tooling is already there. Like you can just click one button. You can have a WordPress install. And with that WordPress install, you could then do a lot of shit. Like you can host a podcast. You can, you can have a newsletter. You can have a, like multiple pages. You can be, it's a bit, it's a CMS. So it's like, and, and while we're learning WordPress, right? Is like, it, it's still more work than using Google Docs, it's not inaccessible to non-technical folks, right? Because everything is done in a GUI. There is a plugin directory. You can browse them. You can read reviews on them. Whereas the, the I'm going to call it the Fediverse approach to a WordPress problem is, A, it has to be in Rust, of course. B, it has to work with an activity pub relay because, of course. And then C, we need to write a, a front end that uses no JavaScript. It only does and works in the Lynx web browser because that's fucking sick. And themeability, well, just modify, you know, the theme package files and then just go ahead and repack it a webpack and redeploy it. And you know, also to deploy it, we just make sure you already have uh, a Rust environment set up and you already know how to use Babel. And then um, our source code will basically be the documentation. We really won't have that much that detailed of a readme. And, you know, you, you can figure it out, right? There are so many projects I've seen with that mentality. And obviously, I'm, I know I am sort of exaggerating exaggerate blah blah exagger exaggerating, exaggerating. It out. That's, you're exaggerating you're exaggerating for effect here but like but it's, it's the point it's, is that there's a truth to it though and <laughs> yeah and with and when it comes to say me a non-technical user or also me someone who understands computers but doesn't care anymore this is also goes back to the reason why right like me and you just don't use linux we use windows and mac os because we kind of don't care anymore i I use Signal because, yes, Signal is not coping. Moxie's kind of a dick. But you know what? Signal's open enough. Signal matters enough. Signal works in the parts that mattered for the freedom of the people using it and for the usability and the net benefit of the end users of the product, right? Right. So Signal and Signal's onboarding process, I, I, I like, I, like I, I don't have it right now, but like I, when I signed up for it last... Like, it's just a phone number. It's, you, it's a code it's phone so number and you're fa- on it's, it. The sign up is literally you press like a couple, like you tap like two things and you're already using Signal. Like it's literally like the easiest onboarding process you could ask for. Like it's super simple uh, to get started and you're like, you you don't have to like sign up like with another account or their password, you know, you just, you just, you use this, use your phone number, which yes, using a phone number is not it's not ideal for a lot of things, but also at the same time, it, it does make onboarding extremely fast. Uh, and like you are in there using the app and you, in there specifically in our, in, in this, in this topic is specifically you're, you're talking to people who are doing organizing and like you're, you're in, you're getting in those group chats as fast as you can. Right. Uh, it's, that's, that's what, that's the, the that's the, he's like, if you want to think of your pitch, right. For an open source project, you basically think if you're out on the street and you're talking to someone next to you, just met at a protest, right. How do you explain to them how to onboard with this? So signal, you say, Hey, download this app. It's super secure. It's vetted by some professionals. This, is, this might be a little bit problematic, but it's good enough. And it's going to, it's going to protect us in this specific purpose, right. In this use case, we're good using signal. Whereas, even with WordPress, right? Someone be like, oh, you know, Google Docs is limiting. Should I check out Notion? Be like, no, roll WordPress server. It's a little bit of work, but you basically, 
if you go, if you just deploy this app, it, the, everything else, you type in a password and that it'll do it for you. And there's a lot of guides online on how to do that. Yep. Yeah. Like you literally, you, like you go, you go, you, you, any, any web host, uh, on the internet, like you go to any, like example, I'll just use an example, uh, of a, of a big web host that's like, uh, like DreamHost. Like if you just use, you just go there and then sign up for their basic hosting plan, you can just click one button and you'll have a WordPress install. Like it's literally, and it's not expensive. And but if we look at say Mastodon now, as if I'm convincing somebody to join Mastodon at a protest, here's here's the pitch I have to make. So it's kind of like Twitter, but technically not really because your reach might be a little bit more limited. In order to join an instance, you kind of have to go to this instances.social site. Just pick a random one, you know, read the code of conduct, make sure it aligns with your own views on life, religion, and what else, and then join it. And then you also might not be able to talk to someone else because your friend might have joined the wrong server that might not federate with this server. It's a whole mess, but trust me it's kind of worth it because there's some cool furries there and you see how that falls apart the the project itself doesn't have a clear definition it's it's not it's it's not this it's not the it's not you're not see this is the you don't you don't, don't want to be explaining federation policy uh when you're trying to organize like i don't think that's see once you explain that te- if your explanation for why someone should use a product begins at the technical backbone of it you are not selling it to someone you have once because even if i me and you understand the technical backbone if someone came to me and said hey i have this cool new anime girl app and it starts with like this cool scene kit render it'd be like homie I don't fucking care what renderer to use. Like, sure, I'll look into it if I think it's cool, but like, I don't care. Like, I want to know what does it do. And that's always been a failing open source projects, right? That's the reason Diaspora never took off because Diaspora was always a focus on like the technical backbone rather than the end user experience or how Identica CA or, and you know, even my beloved IRC of plethora of native apps, right? Like, it never took off really outside of nerd circles because it's always like, well, to join IRC, you first kind of have to like find a place to go. And, and, and there's an argument, there's an argument there that this decentralization is useful. And I agree to that, but it's how you implement it, right? If we said, for example, if Mastodon, another, in an ideal world, a pitch for Mastodon could be, you're at the protest. Oh, hey, I'm with your local city's DSA. By the way, we use a software called Mastodon for local pro- for local organizing. It's sort of like a Twitter, but it's just basically us in there. And you can we also connect to some other DSAs. But think of it more as like it's a Twitter, but it's mostly DSA members just posting back and forth to each other. That could have been a path forward, and that could have been a Mastodon that was actually more useful than the Mastodon we have today, or for Matrix, right? Right, but that's not what Mastodon is. Like Mastodon is not designed for that sort of use case. I feel like it's not designed for that sort of group, like sort of the networked group, like structure like it's it was i don't think it was ever it's it's literally a twitter clone like it's i think that's this is the thing like it's it's basically twitter but federated i think that's like the problem right no exactly that's exactly it's issued it's a ditto with matrix as well right if you try and if i'm on the protest floors i'm trying to explain what matrix is i basically have to say discord but you kind of have to work to talk to other people and it's it's it doesn't it doesn't work as well because at that point if you say well someone could be like well if it's ended encrypted that's I know what that is doesn't a signal app do it why would I want matrix over signal and the only real explanation as someone with my mentions will probably tell me when this episode goes up as well matrix follows open blah 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 they're more they respect free culture and 
when I'm protesting, you know, people's right to live, I kind of don't give a fuck about free culture. Free culture doesn't matter when the more important goal is people's lives. <laughs> right. Like, and that's specific. That's not the priority, right? It's people, I think people misunderstand people's priorities at different points in their lives. Like, I think the thing is, like, you, even if you do respect, like, if you do use uh, software and like you, like, you have to understand that not, it's not important to people all all the time. I think people's priorities are different at different points in their life. And like specifically in this context, like try to organize you, you as mentioned, it's not, it's not, that's not going to be your priority, right? It's like it might be partially your priority, but not going to be the most important thing that you, that's on your mind. Uh, so, so that, that's. The- and also I think there's like no one ever sells free software with like the privacy angle, right? I feel like people, they they mention it as a side benefit, but no one ever leads with it, right? Because in an ideal world, assuming that Mastodon actually had design that made sense and wasn't just kind of a bunch of ideas thrown at a wall, um, at at packacat at tenforward.social, if you disagree <laughs> with that take. But in, in an ideal world, Mastodon could be, oh, we are software that is meant for groups of people to post and collaborate with each other, sort of like Twitter, but kept more local. And we also use end-to-end encryption to help protect the people of that specific community, right? That could be a design principle. Whereas Mastodon right now is, haha, I don't know. Let's make another Mastodon social. Let's talk with our friends all over the world, but kind of not really because we kind of have weird policies. Like it just does it. It all falls apart at the seams. And and i think i think it's mostly just because developers or open open source uh, culture specifically a there's no black people on open source because of the fact that it gatekeeps it's open source tends to start in boston and san francisco and berlin right like it's those are the big cities where you have people in academia mostly mit harvard cambridge all of that um stanford uh whatever peter thiel's new y combinator blood sucking um colleges <laughs> and it, it bubbles out from academia then tries to spread forward but people who are in universities and live on universities and work around that society um Ain't no black people there, right? It's all white. If MIT's white, Harvard's white, yeah, and then you're, that's the, you're not designing for for a certain like kind of like like I feel like it's this. I guess this is I guess this is what do you call intersectionality? It's like you're not designing for the use cases of outside of your worldview, right? I think that's that's the thing I'm trying to get at is that Yeah, exactly, right? Like how many maintainers of open source projects who are say based out of like Boston or San Francisco, how many of them have ever had a food stamps card? How many of them have ever had to buy a prepaid Android phone running three versions out of date because that's all they can afford at the moment because they're broke as shit. How many of them have had to use just like a Chromebook because that's all you can afford? How many of them have had the 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 fortune of a library being their only computer, right? Like the only actual like mouse and keyboard at a library. You were talking about this with Shell on like, I think it was uh, on an episode of Star about what what do you do when when the person's only computer is 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 they don't have their own computer they have to use the computer uh, available to them at the library like how do you how is that like how are you solving for that like how is that how is how can your software or application or protocol help them 
in, in that situation, right? Uh, so, like, that's, that's the angle we're coming at. It's, it's not that these things are useless or terrible technology. It's that they are not, uh, they're not always designed in the, in the, in a way that's like, uh, it's, that provides for those people who don't have the, the distinct privileges of, for example, having a high speed internet connection, a stable home, even a stable computer. Uh, like so many things, uh, we take for granted when we design something like Mastodon or exactly like most open source projects are designed for people who own desktop computers, right? And and the problem is, you go just go to like the poorer part of your town. Who the fuck has a desktop? You know, what people have people in the poorer parts of your town. They all have they all have Android phones for the most part. Some might have an iPhone SE. You know, if they got if they saved up and they really like iPhones, but the split is heavily more towards Android there and. More so, it's an Android that won't even support the latest web standards that your quote-unquote progressive web app is trying to push. It's not even... It's not even... Laptops, too, if you look at there, what are they? Cheap Windows laptops, if they have one. Or nowadays, it's more so your school has provisioned your child a computer. And guess what? Your kid has to... It's a Chromebook, and your kid has to tether off your your phone because you might not have a stable internet connection at your home, or you might have an internet connection that's fast enough to actually get the schoolwork done that they need to get done. Right, right, right. So... So, the, the, so there's there's that thing. I think it's yeah. You have you have to take like when you take like when you design software, you have to like when you design software, you make assumptions. I think this is part of software development, but because of the lack of, as, as you said, like developers are too white, like you lack the the point of view, and then you lack the like the like the point of view of understanding these certain privileges are not actually. Uh, actually take, you can't take them for granted. Uh, like it's not a, it's not a, it's not a given that somebody's going to have the, those, those things that your, your application needs to work. Like it's, it's not, it's not guaranteed or. Exactly. Because, because think of it like this, right? What's the, what's the modern use case for someone who is, say, for example, I have a $400 Android phone. It's a Motorola phone. It runs Android nine or ten doesn't run the latest version and you tell me hey you should check out mastodon how does that actually work for me only using my phone and never touching a mouse and keyboard right if i go to instances.social how responsive is that how well does that work with a phone if someone tells me hey check out mastodon do i search in the app store do i search in the play store do i search on the web what's the story for that whereas where facebook and google have extremely streamlined the login flows for mobile only points of entry right like Mm -hmm. even more so there is no federated service that lets you make an account only with a phone number. You need to have an email address. Whereas, whereas people on Android or on like Amazon, Facebook, and I believe Snapchat, you don't need an email address. You can just use your phone number. And that's something I don't think anyone on the Mastodon dev team has ever considered the fact that having a phone relay run on servers actually might be useful for to actually get signups for people who might not email just won't be a fact of their life because they only use their phone. Right, right, right. So this is, this is another thing. People think that, well, people think that everybody has an email address, right? Surely, surely if, if, if you are on the internet, you have an email address. And I mean, maybe they do, but that's, that's not the point. I think is that, is that it's not as, right. Uh, because your email probably gets like flooded, right? With like bad spam and stuff. Like for a lot of people, like me and you live in a, we only get notified because we have rules and stuff set up. Who the fuck uses rules? No one uses rules. Like that's, 
as much as me and you want to be like, email is great. Email is great if you can manage it. Email is not great for the majority of people. I, I will, I will tell, I'll tell, I'll say that straight up. It is, it is a terrible experience for the majority of people. Most people hate email, actually. Um, and the only reason you don't hate email is you have spent a lot of time making it be that way. And it's not everybody's going to put in that sort of effort into their email inbox when they have other priorities. Like they have other things to do. They have, uh, they, they, they have, they, they work 40 hours a week. They have, maybe they have to work more hours a week. Maybe they have to, maybe they have two, two jobs. Like you, you're not, not, like you're not, you don't have the time. Like it's people, I think don't understand how much time those things actually take. Uh, so I think we should. I think we should put a lid on that topic. I think that we, we I think I think just to just to wrap it up though, I think that the last thing it's to tie it all together. Because there is a lot of us just pointing out things and complaining about really like an actual like sort of definitive statement, I think, to be taken from it. And because I think for a lot of white people listening, I don't think it's fathomable to really imagine a lot of it. I know there's no, there's some who are poor white folks who actually who probably get what I'm saying, but I think there's also a lot of folks who, especially those who work in tech who listen who don't exactly like it might not click for you a hundred percent. So not immediately, but think about it. Like think about it for a second. Like okay, so exactly. Like, let me like give you a homework project. I guess it's like okay, so imagine you're making uh, a collaborative. Not collaborative, like uh, like a chat app. Let's let's just because it's because we're talking about chat apps a lot. Let's just say, let's say you're making a new chat app from scratch, right? I design it in a like how would you design it in a way that accounts for people being at protests, being in in bad internet connections, being on low end uh, Android phones? Like how, what it, what what are the sort of technology decisions would you make? Like think about that for a second, right? Think map map a project out. Think about what sort of technology decisions you would make in that case. Like what what version of Android you have to support, and like like how you would. Like develop that right. Like think think about that for a second and write that out and see see where that leads you. Right, uh, and more so, also think about how this scales from people who are at protests with their out of date Android phones to them having to go to a library to use a computer. Right, and think how do you how do you scale that experience if they use their phone number to sign up for your cool new open source chat app? How how do you make your web app? Right, do you make a native app at that point? Because as much as I want to say native apps forever, like what do you or do you make it a website with a QR code that you scan from your phone? Right. What, but it might not be like if well, the native app won't help. Like the native app won't help the person who's at the library, right? Like they, they it's not going to be easy for them to get a native app running on a library computer, right? So web app might be your tr- choice. And then, then how are you designing your web app, right? Like how, how, op- like you have to optimize your web app so it runs on, on cheap Dell machines, uh, that I would imagine are what library computers are at this point. Uh, so, you know, think about that, I guess. That's 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 my homework for you. Uh, so let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about a couple albums. I think we wanted to talk about a f- couple albums. There's, there was one you wanted to talk about by uh, Backwash. Is that how you say that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Backwash. Um, so firstly, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we once again have a long ass list of black creators you can support. I would imply I would implore you to go ahead and just go through that list. Keep it bookmarked. Just go ahead every now and then when you think to yourself, hey, I want to check out a new game. I want to check out a new artist. Just start picking some because these are artists of all I hate the fact that I have to say it, but I know for a fact that white people like to assume that black people only make hip hop. These are not the albums we're going to talk about in detail are hip hop albums, but there are black composers who do work for video games, 
There are other types of artists. It's literally a list of 1,800 plus producers. So please just pull a couple. No, you don't have an excuse for it. Hey, uh, I don't, I don't know any black producers, artists. Just there, there are a lot. There's just the band camp is full of them. Like just, just go check them out. It is well with the other list. But so to, to speak about this specific album, God has nothing to do with it. Uh, God has nothing to do with this. Leave him out of it by Backwash. It is, it is a very good rap album. And and what I mean, like as a this is a good rap album. This album begins with a Black Sabbath sample. <laughs> That's the kind of album you're going in for. It's like, I I think that the word punk sort of has lost meaning as actual punk bands from the '90s. Right, became corporatized. It became like a more whitewashed. Yeah, like it became like a meme that you'd slap on a shirt at Forever 21. And I think the kind of music that Backwash is making is actual punk music. And even though it might not be, you know, like a four-person band, the the instrumentals, the topics that are being discussed in, in, in her music is is genuinely progressive. It's genuinely it great. And, and it's also stuff that you only find on Bandcamp, and that's why I love it, right? Right, yeah. That's like, this is this is you only mm-hmm. find shit like this on Bandcamp, and it's great. Like a lot of like one of the songs, I think is it um I believe it's track seven adolescence, but remember is I might be wrong on this because it's, it's been it's been a couple days since I last listened to it, but I believe there's at least one track here, just the entire premise lyrically is like, oh, I'm talking to a family member that I haven't spoken to since I transitioned and like just going through some of that trauma with uh, on how they made me feel and how I feel now and how things have changed, right? And there's a lot of important important messaging to be had from that. And so I would, I've posted it on the timeline. I definitely think that y'all should check it out and you should definitely throw some coins, you know, her way because this is, this music needs to be supported. And it also is on Spotify. It is on Apple Music. So, you know, if you can't, for whatever reason, pay for it, just at least stream it and make sure that she gets, she gets her money for, for making such a great album. I'm going to have to check it out because I haven't listened to it. I know you mentioned it to me, but I haven't gotten around to listening to that album. So I have to listen to it. That Black Sabbath sample is uh, definitely has piqued my attention. Uh, so the second album, uh, this came out in the middle of this week. I believe it was on, uh, it was on Tuesday, Tuesday or Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Run the Jewels 4, right? RTJ4. Uh, so first of all, what do you, what do you think of this album? RTJ4 came when I needed it. Firstly, okay, I need to address the fact that Killer Mike gave a speech in Atlanta and that speech is fucking trash. We need to say that out, right? Um, so we're going to... this. I think this album slaps, but it would be a miss of me not to recognize the bad speech given by Killer Mike earlier in the week. Because Killer Mike and T.I., firstly, fuck T.I. Um, I support for nothing, nothing but support and love for his daughter who has to deal with that man as her father. Um T, uh, Killer Mike came on stage at an Atlanta press conference and basically it was like, don't burn down your home, blah, blah, blah. You stay home, organize, mobilize, and blah, blah, blah. A whole bunch of stuff basically saying looting's bad, rioting's bad. We got to be peaceful, y'all. Like, and, and the, the counter argument to it, of course, is that sure, while Atlanta is a far more black city than other cities in America, the, idea that people who are protesting own anything in their city is laughable right and a city even orlando right this is in the south where where our own police or our budget for the city half a billion i believe 
couple hundred million goes to the police every year and public transportation is 17 million and public housing is only 1 million. So the idea that we're burning our own communities isn't actually true because we're not investing in our communities to begin with, right? If we were, if our tax dollars were going to build up public parks, going to build up libraries more and people are burning those down, it's kind of fucked, but you know what they're doing? They're burning big bucket stores. They're looting Apple stores. They're looting Macy's. Like, who the fuck cares about that? They have enough money to build those back up. And if you look at Oakland, the only damage in quote unquote that was done to a post office, someone spray painted in the corner of a, of a post office saying, thank you, you USPS. <laughs> that's that's people i mean that doesn't even that's not even like people are not just, burning their own communities they their libraries are protected no one no one's looting a library libraries stay protected post offices stay protected because it's 2020 and people are smart and people can understand the actual places of positive impact in their communities and they don't mess with that because they understand the value with it but if you talk about these shopping centers if you talk about these other places these are not places that people own these are leased out properties that are paying the minimum wage if they work there and it's none of their tax dollars are going to help them they're going to give those companies tax breaks and so that the buses can be underfunded and that public housing can stay underfunded so that's why killer mike's statement is shit with that though run the jewels for fucking slaps (laughs) yeah it it really i i i i feel like when i I mean, when I heard the first two, like the first two tracks on this album were the singles, right? Yankee and the Brave and Ooh La La. And to be honest, I was like, these singles are all right, but like, they're not like fantastic. And I feel like actually those first two tracks are the weakest tracks on the album. Like, it's weird to me when the singles are the weakest track on the album, but like, I really do think that the first two tracks, Yankee and the Brave and Ooh La La are actually the weaker tracks in the album. Uh, which doesn't mean they're terrible. I just think that they're not as good as the rest of it. I feel like, especially once you start with Out of Sight, that beat on Out of Sight is, uh, I, I don't even like, like, it's such an absurd beat. Like, and like, Two Chains actually has a good verse. And it's like, it's incredible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But with Two Chains, when, when that man said, if you wanted a hot dog, call me Frank yes, or whatever the it was, that line, line, I was just like, no, stop. <laughs> It's so good though. Like it's such a funny line. Like it's actually like it's it's not like it's not whack. It's just it's just kind of a funny line. Uh, but that like the production throughout this album is incredible. Like who who is producing these shit? Like it's it's, it's LP like, and two other people, I believe. Yes, like Wilder Zobi, right? And like they've LP also that like, team of those three have also produced all four of the Run to Jewels albums. Ah, uh, I see. So like so this so yeah, very. Like, sort of the sound I would describe is, like, I don't even know, like, if there is a specific kind of sound. It's, like, more, it's it's sort of grimy, but it's not quite, like, uh, what, how would I describe this? Like, what's the comparison? I think, so I think comparing it to uh, music might not be the right comparison. This show hits, like, a, like, Naruto in its prime, right? Like, a, imagine a grimy version of Naruto on Saturday morning. That's what Run the Jewels for hits, like. It's a cartoon, but it's, like, it's like an adult swim cartoon saying fuck 12 the entire time. Yeah, and my uh, there, every track on this is good, but obviously I think the big favorite uh, is Walking in the Snow, right? Uh, Walking in the Snow is personally probably probably my most favorite track on this album. Um, that Killer Mike verse. That ki- Well, firstly, we, the fact that it starts with the beat, right? Where it's just the guitars, and then you get that... 
like that pounding of the uh of like the horns from like a looney tunes cartoon right like it's just like that's like some vintage cartoon hits just being tapped on that 808 and then it just goes in and 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 like LLP, like uh, Killer Mike's uh, verse uh, is is good, like because like I'm gonna quote from this because I think it's really obviously very poignant at this point. It's like, uh, and you so numb, you watch the co- cops cho- choke out a man like me until my voice goes from a shriek to whisper. I can't breathe. And you sit there in the house on couch and watch it on TV. The most he gives a Twitter rat and call it a tragedy. And like, boy, talk about lyrics that are especially poignant. And somebody, I think, in, in the genius comments was like, he wasn't even talking about George, like well, George Floyd, and he was just talking about somebody else. Like, this is not a, this is such a regular occurrence that he's just talking about something that happened before. Uh, this apparently this track was actually recorded like in January. Uh, it was so. November 2019 is what LP said on Twitter. And and more so, if you have, you look at LP and Killer Mike's the back end of their verse, they're basically both in that song critici- critiquing like religious folks, right? Because LP is just like, the prison's not, the cage is not built just for them. It's also built for me. See, it's like pseudo Christians, y'all indifferent kids in prison ain't a sin shit. If, if even one scrap of what Jesus taught connected, you'd feel different. And then uh, more so how Killer Mike ends his verse, right? Where he's basically just like, always remember that in the story of Jesus, the state killed him. And that's, that's I think it's a call out specifically to to all of the uh, religious folks who are, um, I don't know, the churches for their Blue Lives Matters and all that fuck ass shit that we don't fuck with around here, right? Black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even like, uh, like, like every track I think is, is, has a different sort of message and different sort of sound. And it's, for example, uh, like the track with Farrell on it, right? And Zach Dillard. Oh, just. Uh, just, uh, and the hook and then like the, the chorus on it is like, uh, look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar, right? Uh, you know, obviously, uh, like you have, like, it's, it's just incredibly, like every track of this isn't political in some way. And like, it's talking about politics, but also it's talking about different types of things. And which is like the most, yeah, like in the, in the ground below, right? Where Killer Mike's saying that he has to support the sex workers unionizing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. Uh, which, which is great. Uh, like, for example, like, you know, like the, the, the last, last track of the album, uh, ends in a very, like, poetic way. It's like, uh, a, a few words for the firing squad. Uh, like Killer Mike's verse there is like, uh, like the last verse is like, uh, Black Child in America, the fact that I made it. It's magic, black and beautiful. The world broke my mama heart and she died an addict. God bless me to redeem her in my thoughts, words, and my actions. Satisfaction for the devil. God damn it, he'll never ever have it. Like, and it's like, go hard, last words to the firing squad was fuck you too. Like, that's the way the album ends. And it's like, that's the mood. Like, I feel like that's some, like, sort of sums up the mood of this album. It's, it's sort of like a, like, like very sort of like, hands in the air sort of like uh like fuck you to vibes going on throughout the album that's the production and especially on like on the fewer firing squad too when i feel like it's not something that that's it's always a meme right i think it in a lot of leftist circles especially the ones that were around where people talk about trains right like train posting is like a an entire meme on mastodon but then you see you never really see like rappers come out on their albums and be like fuck yeah i used to ride the marta i used to ride the city bus and killer mike he's like 
He's just like raised in Atlanta, Georgia, where I used to ride a Marta and just like puts that on blast and says, hell yeah. And that's that that's that it that's the important shit to be to be talking about, I think. Yeah, it is also like talking about like uh like trauma like trauma traumatic events in his life how his mother died and he he just like he couldn't like it's like it's been different since then like he's he's like he's like well he wants to like you know if it's crippling makes you want to lean on a cup of promethazine like and like like his wife is like you know like he, like friends are telling her that he could be like another martyr like he could be another malcolm he could be another martin but like uh I need a husband more than the world need another martyr, right? There's a lot of stuff going on in this album. It, it's not like a one note album. I feel like and that's the most important thing is that it's talking about a bunch of topics and it talks about all those topics in a very like sort of in a way, in a, in a way that killer Mike does. Uh, and I think, I think it's a mixture of the fact that this thing hits like a Saturday morning cartoon, but then it also, it also cuts like a really good speech, right? You have the mix between it just like, it's a run of jewels is always chased having a cartoony aesthetic right like oh we're just robbing banks and, and shit but at the same time we're also like for the people and i feel like rtj4 hits that far more than the past albums have it 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 really sort of hits that in a very distinct way uh and i think obviously the, the timing of this album's release is is uh is is, is important uh, it was also released early, right? Like it was supposed to come out on Friday, but it came out earlier in the week. So this is an album I feel like we all needed right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely one of those things. It's like holy shit, this is this is the album of our time right now. Like it's it's just 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 is. Uh, so if you haven't heard this, and if you if you listen to hip hop, like even if you don't listen to hip hop, you owe yourself to to this. I feel like. Even if you just like, you know, the production on this is incredible. Uh, LP and uh, Mike are just like the verses are very good. All the features are very good as well, right? Zach's verse is, is fucking fire. Uh, Pharrell came in, you know, the hook is good. Uh, so like it's, it's, it's like the gangst. Uh, the one thing I will say is the, the track that I was talking about, "Walking in the Snow," has has a chorus from Gangsta Boo, and Gangsta Boo is not credited. And I don't know if that's like intentional, or I hope that's like not like a mistake or anything, because uh, like I would hope she'd be credited, but I don't know. Uh, just 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 a note uh, on that. But that's RTJ four. It's it's some fire shit. Like it's listen to it. Like even if you're not into hip hop, it's it's worth the listen. I feel like. Uh, so that's let's talk about something that's 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 a little uh i guess i guess we go back into our into get the bigger card out and talk about square enix stuff uh so we we want to talk about a little you played your first kingdom hearts game yeah <laughs> i played my first no so what i uh what i played this week uh i was playing it throughout the week is uh final fantasy 7 remake on, on the ps4 uh sorry we have to say it the correct way final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> also every <laughs> every podcast app that cuts out silences just ruined that joke oh uh, that it, it did really did uh, overcast just ruined their joke uh so sorry uh but yeah so i this is i was like i've been thinking about this one like i was like i, I had it in my wish list and i was like maybe i'll play it maybe i won't like i was a little bit hesitant on it but i i was like hey i don't have anything else to play right now like any other single player games uh, to play, so I want. I want to let's let's get into this and let's see like what what this actually is. Uh, and like I'm 
glad that I picked it up. I'm, I was very pleasantly surprised by how good I, how good it was and how much I, uh, how much I enjoyed the characters, how much I enjoyed the story, even if it got very nonsensical towards the end. Uh, like even, even that bits, like I, I enjoyed the wild ride that this game took me on and I enjoyed uh, all the characters. Uh, let's like, we're going to mark this section with spoiler warnings because we're going to be talking about spoilers. Like there's going to be spoilers in the section. So if you haven't, if you, if you care about spoilers for the remake version of this game, uh, you should probably have, you probably have to skip this section, unfortunately, which is why the section is last. Uh, right. So I guess it, it makes, which is also why we didn't talk about it anywhere near the time of release because me, I love reading spoilers. So I was watching this in real time when people were freaking out about everything that happened in this game, but I couldn't talk about it with you because i knew you're planning on picking it up yeah i was i was planning on playing it so and finally so it's finally time for us to talk about the for, talk about this game so let's let's start from let's start from like 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 what do you think of like as i i, I think you, you played the original final fantasy 7 right and so what do you like what are your thoughts on this like remake as a as a as a thing like, I, like what do you think I have no love for any plot lines Tetsuya Nomura will ever be involved with because my heart's been broken multiple times throughout my life. So at this point, I'm sad, bitter, lonely, and destroyed. And so when I saw that they took this game's original premise and destroyed it, and all the gamers online were losing their shit, it brought warmth to my cold heart. <laughs> you brought, you brought warmth. That's, that's, I mean, so let's start with that. It's like the beginning of the game. It's like it's okay. It's like the opening mission that's in the demo, right? Like the opening mission in the demo. So actually, I need a, I need a, for for you. You didn't notice this part, but the opening cutscene to the game is slightly tweaked from the original one. The demo, right, was a one for one recreation. But then you play the actual game. They there's like different cuts and different pans that are slightly different than the original opening. And it's from there that you know something's a little bit fucked if you played the original game. Oh, yeah, I did notice that slight differences, but that's, that's, I guess that's a good point. Like, I, like, I think the first time things started, like, I, I was like, something else is fucking going on here is when the, uh, when the, when the, those dementor looking things come in, like the whispers, right? Like those things come in and I'm like, all right, here we go. Here's the kingdom hearts nonsense that we've all, like, I've been waiting for. Uh, and like all throughout the game, like, I feel like every time the whispers showed up, I was like, okay, what's going on? Why are the whispers here? But to be honest, I, I still, I couldn't figure, like the game does a very good job of, uh, hiding its hand very well. I feel like the game is designed, like the way the shots are panned and like the way the characters have certain lines. It's, it's like, you know, something is going on, but you can't quite like make out the, like the, the, there's like a fog behind that. Like you can't quite make out what's actually happening. The game does a very good job of that. The deception is like, is held up. Like I couldn't predict what's going to happen. Like I, I, no way I could have predicted that last, uh, chapter of the game, right? Like I, no way I was like, oh, this, the, we're going to fucking take a wormhole into like some other dimension. We're going to fight Sephiroth there and then he's going to take us to the edge of creation or whatever the fuck that is and like I, I I predicted that no way I could have predicted any of that shit. Like and for like through the most like half halfway through the game, most of the, I was thinking this is like a game about uh environmental uh environmental uh like crime like crimes against the environment and like 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 the like a revolution like Barrett is he, being Barrett is a comrade who's who's like fuck 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 Shinra fuck fuck twelve you know like he's he's out here 
blowing shit up. You know, he's 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 out here in the streets. He's he's for the people. You know, that's what the game I thought it was. And then like by the by the by the end of the ch- game, like where you're in the Shinra building, where things start to like start to like the, the game starts to show its hand, uh, and like all the little uh, like weird plot like threads start to come together like Sephiroth and like the uh Genova stuff and like Hojo and like all that shit starts to come together. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like I I I was genuinely so confused like throughout that en- entire ending. Uh who the fuck is Zach? Uh, I don't know who, who Zach is. But yeah, like I enjoyed it a lot. Like I enjoyed it mechanically as well. I did play it on easy though and it's like not like when you play it on easy, it's it's not you don't have to worry too much about like having the right materia, the right slots, and like having the right combos or whatever. But it's still a very enjoyable game to play, even even on easy. So, uh, so that's that. I love I love the way like the different weapons. Every character has the unique skill sets and weapons and spell like well not spells but like unique abilities that they can uh, like their. Uh, their weapon abilities, right? You have different unique weapon abilities. You have different unique limit breakers, right? Uh, and you have different, like, you can, ha- you can also get summons, right? In this game, like, you can have a special summon, uh, ability that you can, o- that only happens when you're fighting something that's like a boss or something. You can, you, after a while, you get like a summon meter and then it like fills up and you can like summon, you can, you can if you have a summon material, uh, equipped, you can, uh, you can summon, uh, I, I, I had three summons. I had, uh, Ifrit, I had, uh, Shiva, which you get by doing one of the VR missions, and you also get, uh, Ch- Chocobo and Moogle, which is like, and I don't know, I don't remember where I got that one, but, uh, this, I had three of the, I don't, I don't, I don't, I imagine there's more summons in this game. I don't know if there are more, uh, but I, those are the three I, ha- I had in the game. Uh, but Joseph, can you like, can you like summarize what the fuck happened in that ending? Like I, I'm still like sort of confused because it's like, okay, so Zach is Zach is the actually the soldier, right? And so that's from the original game. So that that is from the original game. He's basically Cloud loses his memories and thinks he's Zach, and then Tifa finds him in Midgar, like homeless and confused, and brings him, and that's how he gets involved with uh, Avalanche. That's that's from the original game. That was never told in the original game, but that was told in media around it and implied in the game. So that, that's the official canon. That didn't change. So basically, what happens in the Final Fantasy VII remake is that we go on Nomura's wild ride. Um, not not satisfied enough with making time travel in Kingdom Hearts now a thing, he decided to now make time travel in Final Fantasy VII a thing, and so what happens at the end is you go to the end of the game technically you go to like the stage from the original game's end of the game Sephiroth says some things implies that he knows he's going to die and he's going to come back to change the timeline but the whispers are trying to protect this timeline to be on path of the original game's timeline so does that imply there's a multiverse of final fantasy games now how does this also go back to the final fantasy 10 a game saying that Shinra was a person in that game and links to Final Fantasy 7. And what timeline does that exist in? And now, the next thing you know, you've thought far more about this game than probably Square Enix has, and you should probably just go play another video game. That's actually what happens at this point because the story doesn't matter. And as Jim Sterling said, this is a wild ride, but it's going to go somewhere, but we're all going to be disappointed where it goes. Yeah, it's like uh, like the, the unknown journey will continue, right? As the, as the game says, uh, and it is an unknown journey at this point. Like I, I really do not know what's going to happen next. Like I have zero. Are zero you excited idea. to wait ten years to the next installment? Because that's how Square Enix likes to move. I mean, I am looking. I I will be. I will play it because I like this. This is the, this is the Kingdom Hearts curse. Is that. I, like surely like it's a fucking nonsense mess but you still know what the fuck 
is going to happen next. You still want to know. You still got to know. You, I still got to know what the fuck Sephiroth is doing. And like, I still got to know what the fuck Cloud is going to do. What the fuck's going to happen with the rest? Like, what happened? Like, is, is Jesse, Jesse is implied to be alive? Is she alive? Is, is Biggs, what happened to Wedge? Like, I, I want, like, I need to know. I need to know. I need to know about all the characters. Uh, so that's, that's the Tetsuro Nomura curse is that even though it is, a mess of time travel and weird dimensional nonsense. You you still you still in it because you gotta know. Uh, so that that's that's my more. You know, I'm actually what I'm actually before you give your conclusion. I just wanted to know how does this tie into the cancel video game Final Fantasy versus thirteen that apparently Kingdom Hearts is now tied into? At what point do crystals start appearing in Final Fantasy seven remake? Um, next, next game, we'll see if they're crystals. Uh, so my, it's a secret boss that you turn into a crystal with. <laughs> a secret boss. Uh, maybe it's like a summon, but like, honestly, I, I, I greatly, like, despite all the nonsense, I greatly enjoyed the game all the way from start to finish. I think the only, uh, minor nitpick I would have is, uh, from a technical perspective, and it's really minor is that it, it has the problem that Digital Foundry mentioned, right? Is the, uh, texture loading problem. Uh, it's, it's very obvious, by the way, especially if you like moving around the world very fast and you like, you like go into like a dialogue cuts dialogue scene with somebody and it's like the textures haven't loaded in properly yet. Uh, it's, it's a thing. It's not a big deal, but it's something you will notice because it, it does. And there are some textures that just look bad, like some doors and stuff that look, look really weird. But yeah, uh, other than that, it's, it ran pretty well. Uh, 30 frames per second, I guess. Uh, and it's fine. Smooth, fluid, 30 frames per second. Smooth 30. I mean, I mean, it didn't affect the experience. Like, it's, it's a, it's a, like the combat felt very smooth. And it's, it's obviously it was designed to be run at that sort of frame rate. And it seems to have maintained the frame rate for the most part. I didn't see any noticeable like hitches or hiccups. The only problem was those texture loading problems and then they didn't affect like the actual combat or like moving around the world or anything. Uh, so, so it's, it's mostly a pretty damn good. I would love to see this game run at 60 frames a second on PC. Like I would, uh, well, probably will have a PC version, just be a square, uh, P- Sony has a year exclusive on it. Right. But I would imagine next year or sometime later this year, I guess, or there'd probably be a, a PC port put out there that could run at, I would, I would love, to, I would love to see it. This is, this is an unreal engine four game, right? It's built uh, on the same engine as kingdom hearts three and kingdom hearts three on the Xbox one X runs at 60. Yeah. So I would so imagine, it, so I imagine is it, the same engine right it could probably run on pc if it could run an xbox right at 60 it could probably run on pc at 60 yeah i want to see like what this game looks at like higher res right like what it, what does it look at like, in higher res like if you can like turn up the effects and get a smoother frame rtx on I, I i don't think this game well maybe it would there's some like i think this game actually when you're talking about the visuals i think this game like the game's areas look better at nighttime than to do in the daytime i feel like the daytime scenes really expose like the weaknesses in the visual visual style i guess uh i don't know if it's just an art style thing or what else but what's digital foundry he said a lot of the lighting was baked just to help a performance because you could like it wasn't dynamic like yeah it's not dynamic at all like yeah the lighting is definitely not dynamic but the problem thing is with the lighting even if it's not dynamic it looks better in the night especially night like uh, wall market oh boy wall market looks amazing at night like this shinra building uh like the indoors areas in the, in the shinra in the shinra building look incredible 
Uh, like it, those are real, like those very good lighting and like very well, very good looking textures. So I would love to see what this game looks like uh, on a on a higher spec machine like a PC uh, with a higher GPU and like higher res textures and, and frame rate and whatnot. I'd love to see that. Uh, I would love to like replay this game, uh, but like it's like I don't want to replay it right now. Like there's some stuff you can't get on your first run. Like you can't get all the side quests on your first run because there's a branching point. Uh, in Wall Market with Johnny, so the, you get two different. There are actually four different side quests, and you can only get two of them on the on your first run. Uh, so there's two missing from from that list. So if you want to get an achievement, you have to do. You have to speci- specifically play that chapter again. Uh, so like, and there's a chapter select section, uh, which is like I know some people have mentioned this to me is that even though there's a chapter select, I wish like it would be it would be better for it to be more granular because some of the chapters are really fucking long right like some of the chapters are pretty short and there are the chapters that are basically like quarter of the game right like it's it's like the chapters are not equal in size uh is, is the problem and like so if you like pick up a certain part in the chapter it's it could be like a long time before you can get that achievement so so that's that's final fantasy 7 remake i i did enjoy it. it's my first Really, my first Final Fantasy game, to be honest, like I don't really count Final Fantasy fourteen because, like, it didn't, like, it didn't. I didn't play it enough to really feel like I actually got into it. So I, I want to say this is like my first Final Fantasy fantasy game, and I'm, 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 and fucking Nomura has got me, bro. It's uh, this, this is the curse. Like I, I've, I've got. I've, it's not Kingdom Hearts, but it feels like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, so, so that that's 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 the bingo card for you. Uh, which I, as always, show notes, uh, especially this week, are is more important than usual. So, show notes on twoshadesofbrown.com. As always, you can email us contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Feel feel free to send me Tifa X Eret fan art, please. Uh, I would like to see more. Thank you. Uh, and. You can find me on on, on the Fediverse at PacketCat at 10forward.social and on my website, solidsafe.com and, of course, patreon.com slash PacketCat. At Chosa, where do people find you on the internet? All right. Um, you can find my website, chosefind.website. Um, you can find me on Mastodon at chosefind at twitter.xyz, whereas always... If you send me performative bullshit, I will body you on the timeline and make fun of you. So please don't send performative bullshit. Um, love all of you who have who follow me. Um, and for Patreon, there are going to be a list of uh, Patreons for uh, Black folks doing good work on Mastodon that I'm going to include in the show notes. And, you know... Once again, as we said at the top of it, there is a long list of places you can financially contribute. I know a lot of you listening work for big tech companies. Um, and I know for, I know, uh, server, server rack Mastodon can definitely buy a game or two from a black person this week. Def, yeah. Put in, put in the money, put in the, uh, if you don't want to buy games, definitely can like contribute to bail funds, to bail funds, the patrons. Yeah. There's basically, because I, I guess too, before we go, just to address maybe a couple of other points, because at the end of the day, right, there is a pressure to go out and protest, which is perfectly understandable. But of course, there are people who aren't as abled, people who, for right now, we are in the, still in the middle of a pandemic, that they might have health problems, that being in a large group of people will not help them. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you staying alive is the most important thing. So... Find your way to contribute, I guess, is the, is the thing message here, is that there are ways to contribute that are not, you know... Uh, 
protest protesting in the streets, which is you know you can you can help your local black business. Uh, I don't know. You can help your lo- you can help if you have any friends that are uh, that are black and are struggling right now. You know you know what to do. Like you 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 should be helping them. Like that's that's the thing we're trying to say. find find your find your way to help. I think is is the key. So uh, exactly, and as well with the flip side of that, if you are of color or black. There's ultimately there's a lot of discourse going on right now discussing your humanity and yo if you just straight up said to this week fuck it I'm just gonna smoke a bowl and watch trashy anime like you also have the all the rights in the world to dip out of this because ultimately you taking care of yourself is more important to the discourses online and there are things that are not mutually exclusive with each other in this definitely a heavy week uh, on social media. Uh- and I, like, I know some people have definitely taken a break for social media for that reason. Uh, like, especially people of color and black people I know that have taken like extended breaks from social media because it's just, it's like, it's like when you, like it feels too much. So it's like, yeah, so yeah, I, I won't blame anyone. And it's so I guess the, the last thing we'll say before we let you go this week is the Mastodon project makes $6,000 a month on Patreon. Let's distribute that more to black people. Y'all take care of yourself. Yeah. Black lives matter. Goodbye. Bye.